0: And this has been an exciting study. I am just, I'm pumped. I, I love it. Uh, Passover is uh, first found in the book of Exodus, and you'll remember when uh, when God's people were uh, went went to Egypt, uh, and and Joseph was second in command, and 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 basically rescued. Uh, the children of Israel from famine. Uh, uh, they lived in the land of Goshen. Everything went well, and then there came a Pharaoh that forgot all about Joseph. And this Pharaoh began to look around, and he says, "Oh no, these people are more than we are. If anyone invades us, they're going to join them. There's going to be an uprising. We're we're in bad shape. We need to oppress these people. We need to enslave them. We need to put them down." We need to try to, uh, t- to somehow stay th- this, uh, this uh, population explosion. And so they began to uh, devise ways to kill the uh, eldest or k- kill, kill the boys. Well, you'll remember that Moses is rescued. And, and, and so later on, Moses is in the desert. He encounters the burning bush. The Lord speaks to him out of the burning bush and sends him back to Egypt to rescue the people. Uh, the final plague is uh, when, when the death angel passes uh, uh, across Egypt and kills the firstborn son of every Egyptian. And uh, the, the Lord makes a provision for his people And he tells them, I want you to choose a lamb, a perfect lamb without blemish. And I want you to gather in families, and I want you to uh, uh, prepare, roast this this lamb. And I want you to do it with your sandals on. I want you to do it with your your coats on, uh, ready to go. Pack your bags. You're leaving tonight. And so at sundown on the 14th of Nisan, uh, which is actually the 15th of Nisan, uh, because, you know, the Jews count the day from sundown to sunup rather than the way we do from sunup to sundown, basically. So they, they, they eat uh, the, the, the Passover lamb. And it says that they are supposed to take the blood and they're supposed to sprinkle it on both sides of the doorposts and over the, the, the lintel on the door. And, and this is going to be a sign to the death angel as he passes through Egypt and he'll pass over that house that, that has the blood on the doorpost. And, and so God commanded them that they were to celebrate this every year. He so said, this is going to be the first month of the year for you, the month of Nisan. And, and uh, I, I want you to celebrate this every year and remember what has happened here, how God, with a mighty hand, uh, judged Egypt and delivered Israel from Egypt. Now, this is reminiscent of a time earlier in the life of the Hebrews when Abraham was promised that he would have a son. That son would be called Isaac. And that son was born, and the first time in the Scripture that the word love is used is used of Abraham's feelings for Isaac. He said, take your son, your son who you love, and I want you to take him, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. And so Abraham gathered up his son. Now, often we think of his son as a little boy. It wasn't so. He was probably 17 or so. And he takes his son may have been bigger than he was, as, <laughs> as some of us understand, uh, took his son and they, they took a donkey and they rode toward Mount Moriah. And as they rode toward Mount Moriah, uh, they had the fire and they had the wood on the donkey. And, and uh, Isaac says to Abraham, uh, we've got the fire, we've got the wood, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham prophetically says, God himself will provide a sacrifice. And so they go on. And they reach Mount Moriah. And they climb the mountain. And as they climb the mountain, uh, he, he takes the wood and he spreads it on the altar. And he binds his son's hands and he lays him down. And he takes the knife and just as he is about to thrust it into his son, the hand of the Lord stays him and says, "No. Now I know. You've passed the test, Abraham. I know that you love me, and I know that you'll be obedient. And And out of the corner of his eye, Abraham sees a ram, and he is caught with his horns in the morass of a thicket. And he's stuck there. And Abraham goes over, and he takes the ram, and he slays it, and he offers the sacrifice. And he and his son Isaac go back down the mountain together. He names the place, and he names God Jehovah-Jireh on the mountain of the Lord, It is provided. God himself will provide the sacrifice. And it's very similar here because the firstborn son of Israel is redeemed by the blood of of this Passover lamb. And God says, I want you to celebrate this every year. I want you to celebrate it. But they didn't do that. And we read in, in, in the book of Joshua, just before the children of Israel are, are going to cross the Jordan River and move into the promised land, it says that Joshua gathered them together and they celebrated the Passover. And they got it together. <laughs> They celebrate the Passover, and, and something significant happened that day. The manna. The, 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 uh, the dew on the ground that came every morning that they had eaten for 40 years. It looked like coriander seed, and they would go out and gather it every day. The day they celebrated the Passover, the manna ceased. And no longer did they eat the manna. They began to eat of the land. Well, time goes on. And you would think that, that they would get it, but they really didn't, <laughs> kind of like us. We, we never quite get it together, I think. And so we find in the days of Hezekiah, uh, Hezekiah is a good king. Now, Hezekiah lives after Solomon. Solomon. And he lives uh, after the divided kingdom. And he is the king of Judah, the southern kingdom. And, and, and they have been separated for many years. And they've been at war quite a bit, the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, fighting back and forth. Uh, Jeroboam even takes, uh, when, when, when the, the kingdom is, is divided, uh, Uh, over Solomon's son, uh, Jeroboam, or or Rehoboam, Uh, Jeroboam, the king of the north, sets up some golden calves, one in Dan and one in Beersheba, and said, these are your gods, Israel. These are where you worship. Because he didn't want them to go back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Because that's where the Passover was to be celebrated. That was one of the feast days that they were called that they had to go back to Jerusalem to celebrate. And so the northern kingdom hadn't celebrated. The southern kingdom hadn't, well, we don't have a record of it, celebrated. Hezekiah gets them together. And Hezekiah, had, he, he was a good king, and he had made some pretty, pretty good connections with the northern kingdom. And, and he went about and he said, come on down to Jerusalem, everybody. Come on down celebrate the Passover. We're going, to have a, we're going to celebrate the Passover. We're going to kill the Paschal Lamb. We're, we're going to remember God's deliverance from Egypt. And some of the people mocked him. They said, you're crazy. We're not going to do that. We don't have any part in this. But some of them did come. As far as Ephraim in the north. And, and, and they come down, and, and, and there was a Passover celebration in the days of Hezekiah. And some of the people had not cleansed themselves. They had not uh, uh, done what was necessary to be uh, pure and, and, and to be holy and be separated in order to celebrate the Passover. And, and the Scripture says that if you, if you didn't do that, uh, you know, God would judge you. But Hezekiah prays for him. And he said, Lord, (laughs) we've celebrated your Passover, and will you please forgive these folks? And God heard Hezekiah's prayer. But after Hezekiah is Manasseh, and he's a nasty king. And after Manasseh is Ammon, and he's a nasty king. And then the next one, his name is Josiah. Josiah. And Josiah's a good king and and Josiah does some neat things he he begins to reform he begins to uh, to go through and 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 tear down all of the uh, the phallic symbols uh, they had Would you believe that they had symbols in the land that were uh, that looked like the Washington monument and they and, and, and they were designed to, to represent the, the male sex organ, and, and people would, would have sex underneath these, these symbols, these phallic symbols with cult prostitutes in Israel. And Josiah cut them down. And Josiah cleansed the land. Uh, he even went to the northern kingdom and, and when he got to the northern kingdom, he, 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 he tore down the altar that Jeroboam had built. When the kingdom was divided, he tore it down, ripped it apart, and sacrificed the, the, the remains of some of the priests who had, who had served at that altar on the altar and spread the ashes on the, on the graves of the common people. Uh, by the way, that was prophesied uh, Three or four hundred years before he lived, and he was named by name. And he said, someday Josiah is going to come, and this is what he's going to do to this altar, and he did it. So Josiah celebrates the Passover, and it's a Passover like they've never had before because the people got their act together, and, and they did what was appropriate, and, and they did it right and, and the Bible says there's, there was never a, a Passover like that. So it was a great time, just a neat thing. But that didn't stay the judgment of God. And God judged Israel, and he sent them into exile for 70 years. And after they were in exile in Babylon for 70 years... Uh, they came back to the Promised Land, back to Israel under Ezra the scribe, and uh, and then once again they began to celebrate the Passover, and we find then that they finally got it, <laughs> and they continued to sac- to to celebrate the Passover. They did it every year, and 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 that that leads us uh, to uh, Luke chapter two and verse forty one. Let's turn there. Verse 40 says, The child kept growing, became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. That's talking about Jesus. Verse 41 says, Now his parents were going every year to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. And when he became 12 years old, they were going up according to the festival custom, and as they headed home after completing the days, the boy, Jesus, remained in Jerusalem, but his parents didn't know, supposing he was in the caravan as they went a day's journey. And, and then they began looking for him among his relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem and searched for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the center of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all those hearing him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed. And his mother said to him, Child, why did you do this to us? Look, your father and I were searching for you frantically. And he said to them, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I must be about the things of my father? But they did not grasp the message he was telling them. Then he went down with them to Nazareth and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these words in her heart. She treasured it in her heart. She no doubt was remembering 12 years before when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And, and on the eighth day, they, they made the trek back up to Jerusalem. And they took him to the temple. And they dedicated him in Jerusalem at that very temple and Simeon prophesied over him and said this child is set for the for the falling of many and 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 then he said and and a sword will pierce your soul also you see Mary she didn't just have Jesus the 12-year-old uh, there there were at least two boys and a girl <laughs> that we know of and and they were younger and so no doubt Mary and Joseph were keeping track of the little ones, you know, because Jesus was a uh, responsible. He you know, and 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 yet when they'd gone a day's journey, all of a sudden Mary, who had just celebrated a week long of remembering that the firstborn of Egypt had been killed. And now she was missing her firstborn. And she remembers the prophecy. And she goes back and frantically searches for him for three days. And finally, they find him in the temple. The very place where it was prophesied that a sword will pierce your own soul. No wonder she was frantic. And so we go on with the Passover and we find that there are three Passovers that Jesus celebrates, and the third one uh, is is the the one where we we think of most. Uh, the, the the Synoptic Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke uh, all say that that. Jesus went to his disciples and told them that they were to find uh, a a place where they could celebrate the Passover. And he said, prepare a place that we can celebrate the Passover. And so they did. They followed his instructions. You see a man carrying a, a jar of water and you follow him, and he'll take you to the place. And said, there prepare for the Passover. Now, there was something very special about the Passover from the very days of its inception, and that was that there, would, there were to be no hamats, no yeast. The bread was to be unleavened bread. And, and, and they were to take away the leaven. And, and, and one of the commands was that there was to be no leaven in the house when they were to have Passover. Even today, if you search it up on the internet, because uh, Passover's coming on the 11th, and, and, uh, and what the modern Jews are to do is to get all the leaven out of their house. And they're, they're allowed to sell it, they can sell their yeast. And they sell their yeast. But if they have any remaining just before Passover that hasn't been sold, they have to destroy it. It has to be destroyed. So Jesus told his disciples, go find the place where we are to celebrate the Passover and make sure that there's no leaven there. Destroy the leaven. The leaven is, is uh, synonymous with sin. We're, we're supposed to get rid of the sin in our lives. We're supposed to get right with God. Uh, the, the, the thing that made Josiah's Passover so important was that for the first time in centuries, the land had been cleansed. Josiah went through and he got rid of all the junk. He got rid of all the evil practices and, and, and wouldn't allow any of the sin to remain so that they could celebrate the Passover in the right way. So Jesus sends them, and, and, and it is called the day of preparation, the 14th of Nisan, the day of preparation. Many people think that the Last Supper of Jesus was a Passover meal. I don't believe so. I don't believe it was a Passover meal. Number one, there was no lamb. The lamb had not been slain yet. The lamb was not slain till the 15th of Nisan. Uh, number two, they didn't keep any of the Passover customs that were normal for them to keep. And especially number three, there were only the disciples there there were no women and children the passover was to be celebrated as a family affair everybody celebrated the passover everybody and and the lamb was was slain uh, to to accommodate families and if your family was very very small then you were to join with a family next door so that so that you could uh, legitimately uh, slay a lamb and, and eat most of that lamb because any of the lamb that was left over had to be destroyed it was a custom for them to uh, and, and it's still a custom by the way uh, th- th- this is supposed to be a fast day the day before Passover but you can feast on one condition uh, if, if, if the rabbi uh, uh, declares it a celebration meal if it's a graduation meal, if it's a time when everybody gets together and they're celebrating the, the end of a particular study, Jesus gathers together with his disciples after he had been with them for three years. And the course of study was ended. And they had a celebratory meal together. That was the day of preparation, the day before the Passover. Um, or, e- e- excuse me, that was, that was in preparation. It wasn't the day of, pre- that, that's the confusion. It wasn't the day of preparation. They were preparing for the Passover. The next day was the day of preparation. The day, the day of preparation for the Passover was the day that the Passover lamb would be slain. That was the day that Jesus was crucified. You see, John declares That Jesus is our Passover. That Jesus is the Passover land. When, When Jesus said to his disciples, I have with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you, but I'll not eat it until I eat it anew in the kingdom of heaven. He wasn't, he never ate the Passover that year. He was the Passover. And so, uh in, in conclusion, we find that Jesus sends his disciples to cleanse or prepare the place for the Passover. The, the, they, they rid it of the leaven. They have a graduation meal together. No lamb, no family, no other Passover traditions. And um, so... We've talked about the Passover uh, uh, tradition throughout, uh, throughout the history. That's the what. Okay, so what? Well, first of all, Jesus is our Passover. He's the lamb caught in the thicket that Abraham found. That's Jesus. Mount Moriah where abraham took isaac to sacrifice him is the temple mount that's where the temple is built today mount moriah and uh and and we find that the uh that the lamb is always chosen by a priest okay now was jesus Chosen by a priest? If so, who might that priest be? Well, we read that Zechariah was a priest, John the Baptist's father. Both Zechariah and Elizabeth was were from the high priestly family. And it was John the Baptist who said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And so, yes, the Passover Lamb, Jesus, was certified by a priest. Was, was Jesus delivered? Was, was he selected and delivered by a priest? Well, yes, it was a high priest It was a high priest who prophesied that it's expedient for one to die for the nation and the whole nation not perish. And the Scripture says he he didn't understand it, but he was high priest that year, and he prophesied. And he was the one who uh, asked Jesus about his Messiahship, are you the Messiah? And, and, and Jesus replies, uh, You'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. And, and that, was, uh, that was a key phrase. The clouds of heaven are known as the saints. It's, it's straight out of, out of the book of Daniel, out of the Old Testament. And they recognized that Jesus was making a messianic statement. He was telling them, Yes, I am the Messiah. And the high priest threw up his hands and said, what more need do we have of witnesses? We have it from his own lips. And so the high priest chose Jesus as the sacrificial lamb who was going to die. We find that that Jesus comes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And and as he's coming in on Palm Sunday, they are reciting the Hallel. That's Psalm 113 to 118, where it says, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, O oh Lord, save us, save us. And they, had, and they had recited that for centuries as the pilgrims would come up the mountain treks into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. They had, they had recited that psalm, but that day. And and one of the portions of that Psalm one hundred eighteen says, This is the day the Lord has made. And that was the day. That was the day that the that the Passover lamb came in to Jerusalem. There are there are other parallels that it's very interesting. We find that that just like uh the wood was laid on Isaac and he went up the mountain carrying the wood. So the cross was laid on Jesus. And he came up to Golgotha to be sacrificed. And yet the, the hand that held the knife that was to slay Isaac was stayed. You see, in a covenant relationship both parties are expected to have the same kind of dedication to the covenant god made a covenant with abraham and he said i'm going to bless you and 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 those who bless you will be blessed and those who curse you will be cursed and all of the nations of the world will be blessed because of you, Abraham. And God had, had, had given to Abraham, and, and, and he asked Abraham now, Abraham, are, are you ready to fulfill your part of the covenant? And he says, take your son, your son that you love, and sacrifice him. And Abraham does that. And and the, the hand of the Lord is stayed, and he doesn't kill his son. And now God takes his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. His unique loved son. And he allows him to be sacrificed for us. The ram, the lamb caught in the thicket. The perfect lamb. He comes into Jerusalem. Uh, He's chosen on Palm Sunday. And all week long, he is examined. And he is, they, 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 They try to trip him up, and they ask him questions, and they they try to snag him in his words. You see, the Passover lamb was always chosen the Sabbath before the Passover, and that lamb would be chosen and set aside, and that lamb would be observed all that week to make sure that it was without blemish, that it was a perfect lamb. Jesus comes, he is examined, and he is found perfect, and who but Pilate says, I find no fault in him. I find no fault. He is selected, he's tested, and and finally he's selected by the high priest for sacrifice, and he's turned over to Rome for crucifixion. All this happened on the 14th of Nisan, the day of preparation for the Passover. <clears throat> it happens that Jesus hangs on the cross from 9 o'clock in the morning till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Or, no, it's 12 o'clock till 3. And, and at 3 o'clock, he, he cries out with a loud voice, It's finished. What was finished? The covenant was kept. He had become the perfect sacrifice, sacrificed for us. At three o'clock was when the high priest would take that lamb that had been selected and had been watched since the Sabbath before on that day, the 14th of Nisan, and he would take that lamb and he would slay that lamb at 3 o'clock. Jesus died at 3 o'clock. The temple veil was rent in two and finally on the mountain of the Lord it was provided the perfect sacrifice. God God, Jehovah-Jireh. So now what? What does that mean to us? What does that mean to us? Well, it means that, that the Passover is coming soon. You see, Passover is just before Easter because Easter is when we celebrate Jesus raising from the dead. Um, Passover uh, is, is, is upon us think about it and think about what Paul said when he said in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet the life that I live I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, Abraham loved Isaac, and he was spared. God loved his son. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And yet, God loved us so much that he gave him for us. And now he calls us to live our lives differently. He calls us to be crucified with Christ. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service of worship, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may demonstrate what the will of God is, the good, and the acceptable, and the perfect. He calls us to holiness. He calls us to live for Him, and He calls us to be citizens of the heavenly kingdom, to live above the fray and the and the, that, and the problems because Jesus has taken away all of that. And we don't have to get stuck anymore. We don't have to. We can, we can live for Him. It's a fascinating study. I've, I've uh, been grabbing Pastor Joe every once in a while saying, Did you know this? <laughs> <clears throat> He's probably glad I'm done with it so I can leave him alone in his office. <laughs> I quit bugging him. I just get so excited over it. Uh, him, him and, and, and Chris. <laughs> I encourage you. Um, this Easter season, um, It's it's so easy to get busy. So easy to get get caught up in spring break and, and, and all the spring stuff. And, and, and I, I encourage you to, uh, to spend some time thinking about the Passover, thinking about the lamb for sinners slain, thinking about how Jesus loved you so much and how if he gave, if God gave his son for you, how important you are to God. Think about that. How spatial you are. Uh, don't don't allow yourself to uh, to beat yourself up. Okay. I mean, I I, I don't mean to be frivolous and caserol casserol, but I I do mean to say that that understand Jesus paid a tremendous price for you, and He loves you more than you can ever ever imagine, and. And, and I just encourage you this Easter season to spend some time thinking about that, talking to him about it, uh, and and inviting him to, to help you know him better and, and to reveal himself to you because, you know, when you do that, he always does. Let's pray.